You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me today is Mike Stewart, owner of Wild Rose Kennels, and Mike is up in Colorado, um, but he's got some information for us, so I wanted to kind of pick his brain on dove hunting and teal hunting, kind of the early season mindset. How are you, Mike? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we are getting into September. We're looking at um, some early season hunts. People are getting fired up about not only waterfowl season, but, you know, dove season. And, and dove season's a, a major aspect of uh, bird hunters throughout the U.S. And I want to talk to you about what our listeners' dogs should know before they go into the field and some of the things, some of the tips and tactics that dog owners need to know when they're bringing a dog to the dove field. So, Mike, let's talk about that and, and kind of go into some of the early stages of, of what you're focusing on, what you're focusing your training on before you even get to the dove field. Okay, great. It's a good subject because I absolutely love to dove hunt. You know, as a kid, that was I was very, very popular with my family, so I've probably done have a longer history of dove hunting than anything. And some of my first retrievers were, uh, besides the bird dogs and the pointers, were dove dogs. So I loved using the retrievers on the doves. But it does take a few uh, special precautions. And the first thing we need to think about is the physical condition of your dog, uh, making sure that they're not overweight and they're definitely weather acclimated before they go out. This is a really early season type of shoot, and is usually very, very hot and very, very dry. So we want to make sure we've got those dogs extremely well acclimated. You know, you don't get up that morning and say, okay, let's go 
uh, dove hunting, and the dog's been living under the air conditioner all summer. So, you know, you want to get them weather acclimated. We want to get them in physical condition to get them out there before, well before the actual hunt. And the training aspect of it, uh, that was just a little precursor, but uh, about getting the dog physically ready. But now to get the dog's skill levels up, you know, we're going to be running a lot of short distance types of retrieves in multiple directions. So work your dog sitting down, get a bucket, sit down beside your dog. And I use a, a, a gun, a, like a shotgun, to point a lot of times and get the dog watching the barrel because these mm-hmm. doves come from all different directions. And many times the dog, birds are falling behind you to the sides of you, and the dogs, are, they, you know, you're spending a lot of time throwing a lot of marks. They may not mark them. They're really going to have to watch which way that, that gun is swinging and how you line your dog. So we'll throw a lot of marks to the front for the older dog and then say, no, we don't want that one. We'll send him behind us, the one that fell into mm, the, the bean field. So we don't want to overmark the dog as, as, as our training. You know, we're going to give him some marks, but we're also going to say, no, I'm off that mark through the fall that he sees out front and say, no, we're going to go the other direction. Now, I realize a lot of um, our listeners are probably living in urban environments, and the neighbors get really nervous when we break out the shotguns and start pointing them around <laughs> the neighborhood. <laughs> so the way we offset that is with a toy gun. Um, you can yeah. make one out of a broomstick uh, and an uh, old gun stock, which is my, my favorite. Or, or we were using the other day in, in Dallas, we were just using a golf club just to get the dog watching in the direction that you're pointing the muzzle. And then you just point, and that's the way the bird comes. You don't want to throw bumpers yourself because doves do not, are not like flush quail that are coming out straight out in front of you. Go, the dog needs to be looking out acclimated to be able to look it out. So you know, if you can all possible, use a buddy to be throwing the bumpers um, out to the front if you're practicing your marks. But then, then again, I, I like to place memories to the rear. I'll put out a couple to the rear and cover and throw the mark to the front, and them off the mark, and send them to the, the one or two birds that are pre-placed behind them. And as a last tip I do is a lot of hunting cover. Those are very, very small birds. And they're going to have to get in real tight cover. Tennis balls are excellent for that. And small um, feathered lace. Uh, I, I like to use the puppy bumpers, even tight feathers mm-hmm. on them. You know, if you can get pigeon feathers or quail feathers, you know, that you can buy commercial feathers um, and have them freeze, the freeze dried and sent to your home. Tape some feathers on there. Get your dog on feathers. Don't stand out there and throw rubber bumpers and expect them to find a dove. Uh, they're small. It's very hot. Sending conditions will be very poor. It'll be dry. Uh, and so you got to get your dog really acclimated to finding small birds and uh, dense cover when the sending conditions are poor. Yeah. And, you know, and just like yourself, I'm a dove hunting is one of the things that I love to do more than anything, but very rarely. And I, I'm not saying I haven't done it, but hunting with just myself and my dog in a dove field. That's very rare. Typically on most dove hunts, um, it, it turns in, especially a good dove hunt, can turn into chaos pretty quick. And the <laughs> dog needs to be prepared for that, correct? It does. And a lot of shooting, um, forward shooting, you know, the guys that run a lot of competitions like hunt tests, they're marking off the gun in the field, and that is not what you want in a dove field because he's going to be marking your buddy just, you know, 
50 yards to your left, that's not where he needs to be marking. He's got to look at what's going on around your 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 area and watching where the, your gun barrel is going. So if you've been doing a lot of competition training where the gun is forward placed, then that's going to be not what you want to do for your um, your dove hunting training and, and preparing for the dove hunts. But you know we're gonna when you when we get out in the dove field. It's a dangerous time sometimes for the dogs because it's very hot and it's very dry. So you've got to really be concerned about heat exhaustion, heat stroke. So if you don't have a shady area, many times we'll build a little shaded coop for the dogs out there. You may be standing in a, a big high a cane break of uh, grasses or perhaps uh, sunflowers, but that dog is just just absorbing in the sun. It's just beating mm-hmm. down on them. But you can easily build a little hide. Take a little frame, build it at home, take it where it breaks down for you in the, uh, uh, at the house, and we can take it out in the field and set up and put your dog under that little shade, and it makes a huge difference. Just And then pl- have plenty of water out there. Just give him all the water he'll possibly drink. Every, after every retrieve on a dove, they come back with a frothy mouth. Those feathers are going to come off. So what we're yeah. going to do is we're going to wash that mouth out, have a little water there uh, in a bottle or one of these uh, canine coolers we have, wash that mouth out, clean that mouth out so the mouth dogs does not develop a bad taste for doves. And some dogs don't like them. Uh, basically, they're, uh, I don't like to take, for instance, a pup. This is their first hunt. And, you know, you've been working your dog all spring, fall, it's a new puppy, and this is the first hunt to take them on. I don't recommend a dove hunt. Yeah, that was uh, that's something that I was going to bring up because it seems inevitable that every year, you know, I hear of someone who, who got a puppy and maybe it's only four or five months old, you know, six months, eight months, you know, it's they're really the dog's first hunt. And I'm just like, I think that's a bad idea, but it's not my dog. But I was going to ask you about that. Like, what, what are you telling people that are asking you about, hey, I want to take my dog on a dove hunt as its first hunt. What, what are you telling them? Well, the first the first off, I'm going to put a dog in the field. I don't want a dog in the field before he's at 12 to 14 months old. He's got to go yeah. through the basic gun dog course. He knows steadiness. He's been introduced to gunfire. He's picked Absolutely. birds in training. Uh, he stops the whistle. He recalls. You're not going to lose control of your dog in the field. He's running on muck out there. So... That's number one, and your dog has been through a basic gun dog course. Number two is um, doves are really bad to start them on. As I mentioned, the feathers come off in their mouth. Uh, they, mm-hmm. They're uh, nappy little birds. Uh, they're small. Uh, they tend to uh, be something the dog would rather not develop, uh, could develop hard mouth on. He might want to mouth the bird too much. Sometimes they do the same with quail. They're a bad bird to start a puppy on. It's hot out there, uh, and it's very confusing. You mentioned that earlier in our dialogue, that this gun's going off all over the place, birds falling all over the place, scent, old feathers laying everywhere, and the dog's like, what is going on? I've never seen anything like this. So I like the first hunt would be a hunt where the dog is sitting outside the duck blind or outside the blind, sees the birds working, sees them come in, bang, shot, bird down, he says, oh, I got it. I got this. So two places I really don't like to see dogs for their first hunt are dove fields and a goose blind in Canada. A yes. Canadian, a big Canada goose down, and send him out there, he's wounded, can really put off a puppy. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and as as we, you know, kind of transition out of dove season, or, you know, some people may still be in dove season at this same time, but we also have teal season. 
you know, and, and teal season is, is the first crack for, uh, you know, most waterfowlers throughout the U S at, at waterfowl. And, and, uh, there's a ton of people do it and just, granted some States don't offer a teal season, but, uh, you know, what are some of the challenges of transitioning, um, that immediate September into teal season? Um, do you, do you see any challenges that, that some retrievers have just kind of jumping right back into almost like duck season? Um, but it's hot. It's, you know, it may be, um, the conditions may not be what they're accustomed to in say October, November, December. Um, what are some of the issues that you see with teal season? Some things that maybe some, uh, some of our listeners should avoid with their dog. Uh, well, as I mentioned, sometimes the dog is not far enough along in the training to take on the challenges of the blind, mm-hmm. working out of a blind, maybe never seen a blind. And the teal season is a, sometimes a rough place to start that. Uh, number one is hot. Uh, and hot, hot equals alligators and snakes. Yep. Uh, so, you know, you're worried about that going in and being able to control your dog on the first hunt. If he gets out there after a bird and you see a gator, uh, then you don't see the gator. That, that's when it's dangerous, when that, the gator goes under. So you've got to be able to get that dog back. You have to be able to absolutely have control of your dog in those types of situations where you can recall that dog, you can stop him, he won't break and run in. If you run in, into a situation like that in, in, in the southern regions where a lot of teal are popular. Uh, secondly, the dog has not had a lot of experience on birds yet in trying to make that transition. It's it. I've got four levels of training. Maybe I should explain it. Mm-hmm. Yard work, field work, transition work, and training and, and hunting. So let's, the transitional work is practices you will play. It's like war games in the military, scrimmaging to a football team. You dress up, you play the part. Sometimes by this time of year, it's been hot. You haven't done enough of that. So mm-hmm. we just take, take them straight from the yard and, and field work, and we dump them into a duck blind, and he really had made the transition, made that click yet. The second thing that happens is you get there on a fast-shooting teal hunt, and you really forgot the part element of training. The first hunt, you're not hunting at all. You're training. You want the That's dog to be successful, right? Teal are fast. I mean, those things come in so fast. They swoop in with multiple shots, bird splash down. Dog went, what? I didn't see a thing. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's not necessarily the best hunt to continue your training on because it is fast and furious. And the dog may not put things together as well as he would like a wood duck coming in, working through the timber, or some nice um, uh, spoonies coming in over the decoys. And he gets, he goes, oh, I see what's going on. I'm acclimated to this duck blind. I know what's going on. And he one spl- one shot, one splash, one pick kind of thing. Doesn't always happen on a teal hunt. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. 
Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. The next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit campuswaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation, united by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside. A lot of times a teal come in so early, you know, it's just a legal shooting time, you know, right out a few minutes after, you know, where you're just getting the hunt started. And it can be, you know, prayer, fairly, you know, dark still. And and they come in low and fast and, and you may not, you know, may not be able to, to uh, the, the dog may not be able to see the birds hit the water. And so that, that full transition and, and full understanding of what's going on is, you know, you're really going to miss out. That was a puppy scenario, starting your dog on doves and starting your dog on teal. Now, on the older dog, the same thing, you know, heat acclimation, weather acclimation, uh, getting the dogs in shape. Uh, it, it, but the big thing is I've run into is the fear of, hunting some of the areas in Texas, Mississippi, Louisiana with alligators early in the season, even over in Georgia, um, up to North Carolina, South Carolina, on the, the threat of those gators in the, in the fall is really, really severe. So you need to make sure your dog is absolutely rock steady. Just because you shot the gun, he isn't breaking and swimming around out there. And also you've got to have control to get that dog back. If you see a threat, you've got to be able to hit that pistol and say, recall him and know that dog is coming back. Because a lot of times the dogs are not going to see that or even understand that kind of danger. They just need to know, hey, uh, you need to come back now. Or you won't see the gator. He's going to take him under, underwater, you know. Yeah, that would be a terrifying uh, terrifying ordeal for any dog owner. And, and that all really, Mike, you know, and, and you stress it all the time, that all leads back to the fundamentals of, of what you're teaching you know, well before duck season, you know, everything from uh, responding to the whistles to everything about the manners of a dog in the duck blind. And, and it all goes back to exactly what you're focusing on, you know, throughout the summer. Spend a lot of time on your steadiness, going into teal um, and doves, throwing uh, lots of bumpers and marks, making the dog's honor, picking them up yourself, let another dog get them. Uh, and then the other thing about teal, it, in some cases dove, but but the teal come in and it's like you said, right? Real big, fast flashes of uh, lots of birds and lots of shots going off, and so you know you have multiple splashes. So this morning, what I was doing with multiple falls, I'm throwing three and four bumpers at one time and scattering mm-hmm. them in all in different directions and making that dog remember all four, just one after another, one, two, three, four. And so practice a lot of of those, not just one single mark. And, and bring it back, and that's it. You want to have a mark and two unseen, he didn't see go down, three different retrieves in one scenario. Because that's the way the teal will go down. Absolutely. You hope anyway, right? That's if you hit him. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes not with my shooting, but the average, the average guy. <laughs> now, that, that's a good tip. You know, multiple bumpers um, provides 
that dog the ability to to make multiple marks and and you know I've hunted you know in teal blinds where they come in that big wad and uh, you know you end up with eight or ten birds down uh, multiple shooters obviously and that and that that that's a lot of work for a dog and you know granted that's a, probably more than one dog is going to remember but then but then you get back into some of the other fundamentals of you know everything from steadiness to you know directions to you know following hand signals, the whole process. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, and, and as far as, you know, when you get on, you know, we don't have to get all the way into your hand signals. Um, but some of the early season things that would, uh, really pay off in the dove field or, you know, the teal blonde is, is kind of making that, that blind retrieve where you're doing, uh, using hand signals. How are you kind of focusing on, let's say in a dove field where it can be chaos, um, how would you introduce a dog to that situation and then also train for that blind? Well, one of the things with the young dogs, and I've got some here now that are going into their first season, and Teal will be one of their first seasons, actually, in Texas. They, they'll leave here and go to Texas. Um, I'm putting, like, two bumpers out where they know where they are. When he's gone for the first one, I'm throwing one behind me. Uh, when he comes back, I do not send him for the second known the I send him for the unseen one behind me. I turn and line him for mm-hmm. the one he didn't see go down. And I start those relatively close, maybe 10 yards, 8 to 10 yards, and I slowly stretch them out so he's developing confidence further and further and further out. While lining, if he doesn't take the correct line, I call him back and I send him again, picks that, picks that bird, then I turn him and send him for the, one, the known one out front, whether it was a memory or a mark. So I like to mix in one that don't really know where it's at. I call them unseens. Uh, I start those pretty early, and then I continue to develop them out. The second thing is is the multiple falls. No, they won't remember all the falls when mm-hmm. the bird's down, but they know there's more than one down. They sort of scan, scan and it's amazing their memory. That, and then I'll point them in all the different directions. I'll pick the longest bird to the shortest bird, because that's actually what's going to get away in the duck blind, because the little wounded ones are the ones that the wind's going to blow away would be the further worst one out. So I, pick, I teach the dog by teaching the longest to the shortest. They will ignore the short ones and go for those long ones. So practice that drill uh, a good deal uh, before preseason. Yeah, no, those are all great tips. And and I think, uh, you know, just, just talking about it is getting me fired up for dove season and teal season. Um, you know, you brought up a really good point earlier. We kind of just touched on it. And, and you talked about, you know, both of these seasons are hot. Um, the opportunity for a dog to be injured is is increased. Is there anything that you do? Like, is there a specific type of water bottle that you bring to dove fields? Is there, you know, any kind of gear that you would, would recommend, you know, some of our listeners and and people who are training and who have retrievers, is there anything that you would recommend them to look at for these early seasons? Well, certainly you're going to need dog water. We've got, there's lots of different aftermarket things. Some people like them that turn over and there's a cup made into the water bottle itself, like a hydro flask almost. Uh, they've got others that are small uh, containers that you can turn over in the field and they actually the dog can just drink, drink the water. There's a multitude of those things you can find online and in sporting goods stores. But one thing you need to carry is water. Uh, whether mm-hmm. you carry a milk jug and a water bowl. <laughs> I mean, it's the simplest of, of, yep. of the simple. 
because the dog needs a lot of hydration. Then the crazy thing about those dogs, the dogs don't like to hydrate themselves sometimes. They just won't drink. Well, I, I basically pour something in their throat. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I wash the mouth out. I give them a mm-hmm. little pop in the mouth and make sure they get some. And as we mentioned in other shows, and we do in a, a lot of our um, videos, we mentioned about hydrating the food. You want to start hydrating your food uh, for feeding time at about two weeks ahead of hunting season. And get, start getting that, yeah. a lot of hydration into your dog. I put the do- kibble into the bowl, and I fill it up to the top of the kibble, not the top of the bowl, of just regular water, cool water, and get the dog hydrating. So you want to get the dog hydrated well when he goes in the field that day. No, that's a great point. And, and we've actually talked and even shot some uh, videos about uh, retriever first aid, like having a kit. And, and this is a good time of year for people to, you know, start looking at not only putting to get together their kit for the regular duck season um, for their retriever, but also, you know, for these this dove kit, maybe a little different than uh, than you would take for waterfowling. Is there, are there any specific uh, tools that, that our audience should keep in their retriever training first aid kit? Well, one of the things that you can get into if you do have heat stroke is uh, you've got to get some way to cool the body temperature down of the dog. Dog normally runs about 103 to 104 body temperature. They'll spike to 106 to 108 and they'll stroke, stroke on you. If the dog gets hot, we want to make sure we have a good towel that we can soak in water and that we can wrap the dog in. That should be part of not only part of your kit, but part of your backpack or your field bag. Let's just call it the field bag. There you go. Your water's in there. Your field bag's got a, a towel in there that you can really put water on the dog's body and start cooling them down. The other thing I care is a large syringe. Um, I wish I knew the millimeters of it, but it's a very large syringe that you can use cool water enemas if you have to. You're basically, with, through the rectum, you can put insert cool water into the body, which lowers the body temperature quite rapidly. So that's a good thing to do in the field if you have a true heat stroke situation. Alcohol does cool, cool the body as well. and You can rub the dog with alcohol. And alcohol really pulls the heat off the dog. That, that's a good one to, to keep in your uh, your kit as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good little little fun fact there. The alcohol, um, you know, probably really dissipates that heat, uh, kind of pulls it off the dog. Not not alcohol swabs, but a whole bottle of alcohol and just douse them with it with the water. And, and cool them down. Yeah, that's great. And you know, this time of year, you you have to watch out for, uh, you know, definitely have to watch out for your snakes and and alligators in some parts of the country. And and all of these little tips and tidbits are, are things that people should think about before they take their retriever out. Uh, Mike, do you have anything else for you know our listeners that um, would relate to dove season or even you know even early teal? In the direct heat, the dog is going to absorb a lot of heat. A lot of you know the sun beating down on them. You can you, you get get a shady spot or build you a little shade, a little canopy before you leave home. Have a little canopy for the dog for him to be able to sit under it. Dog hides would hold heat in them. That's not what you really want. You just want something over them like an umbrella almost. You could uh, put a little umbrella out there to keep that hot direct sun off of them. Try to hunt the dog early in the morning if your seasons allow it. Some states don't have early morning hunting, but if they do, that is the best time because you've got the cooler ground and you've got uh, the moisture. But remember that dove field gets really hot out there. The soil gets hot, and you need to think about the the heat that the dog is building up. The other thing is uh, the post-hunt is a few tips that people really need to think about. 
Check your if you own it. This is mainly for the dove field. Check your dog's eyes. If they've been hunting cover, they get a lot of debris in their eyes. So at the end of the hunt, learn how to sweep an eye, clean that eye out. But what happens is debris gets in the dog's eyes and it migrates and abscesses. And it can get in the, we've had clients get seeds inside the pupil of the dog's eye, had to do surgery, mm-hmm. migrate into the neck and the gums, um, in, in the right behind the uh, jaw. They get, they bear get infected and become an abscess. Uh, check the pads. Make sure your dog has not picked up sandburrs. Um, cactus, all kinds of things that you'll turn up out into a dove field that you might not get anywhere else. Check the dog's pads after you're through. That's a very good point. You know, and this is something, you know, that I've had to do before. And sometimes, you know, especially when I moved down here into the south, you know, that dove opener, you know, it's 105 degrees outside. And sometimes... I've just left my dog at home and sometimes that's the safest thing for the dog. Um, so I want, you know, our listeners to kind of think about that too, that sometimes there are conditions where it may not be, you know, the best conditions for your dog and, and, uh, and, and kind of keep that dog's health in mind, um, as you're making that decision to go, even though you can do a lot of these things to avoid, um, as much danger as possible, but sometimes, sometimes it's just too dangerous for the dog. And I'm sure you would agree with that. I tell you, some of the hunts in Mississippi, and we've got some dove fields down there, we're out of the field by 9 o'clock. Yeah. We hunt early in the morning, and then that's it, or dead about sunset. Even then, it just gets hotter and hotter. The ground is hot. You have to really think about that. Uh, maybe it's the best best call and the most noble call is to leave the dog home on a on some dove hunts. Or you Absolutely. put a dog into the cover, and they're, and they're working hard trying to find that dove that you're not you're sure you're knocked down <laughs> you know mm-hmm. don't don't let the dog overheat and know when to call the play okay that's enough let's go let's you know know when to stop the dog and get them back on a retrieve when you're it's not looking like they're going to make a recovery and they're running hard and they're building up heat they're overheating just stop it's not worth it yeah yeah great point well mike i appreciate you joining me uh this is a great subject for you know our listeners out there as we we get into dove season and start getting into teal season and and the uh north american waterfowl season kicked off um it's time to start thinking about your retriever actually you should have been thinking about your retriever long ago but now it's time to start looking at some of these things that that mike brought to light um some of these more or less safety aids uh precautionary Um, thoughts and and some tips and tactics for improving. But Mike, I really, really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks a lot for having me. First of all, I'd like to thank our guest, Mike Stewart from Wild Rose Kennels. He's brought some great information to us today regarding dove and teal season. I'd like to thank Clay Baird, our producer, for doing a fantastic job uh, producing the podcast and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. 
Learn more at ProPlantSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 